Hey guys, welcome to the Welding Business Owners Podcast. I wanted to start the show out today to explain to you guys a little bit more about why I made this show. I really love what's out there for the industry and for welding right now, but I really wanted something specific for business owners that's really tailored to our industry. I want to make it less about wire feed speed, voltage, and amperage, and talk more about hiring, marketing, and growth of your company. The guests I'm going to have on here are going to be anywhere from someone who's just starting out to someone who owns and runs a large company, so it helps everyone on their journey. So without further ado, here's the first episode with Ryan from Metalworks Austin. Your stuff is awesome. You know, I have like the, I'm, I'm right in the middle of like between trying to like the, I love the business side of it just as much as I love the welding side. And I'm trying to get out of the uh, artistic stuff more because it takes me to do that. And it limits me, but it's awesome to see you guys doing some really cool artwork and you've got guys working for you. So I was like, man, I got to talk to him about how he does that. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's a struggle. I mean, it, you know, for sure. No. And I, I appreciate that. Um, Man, I mean, that's a, it's, it's tough. I mean, um, I do think, yeah, there's a lot of, you got to rely a lot on some of the kind of bread and butter stuff, you know, um, and the artistic stuff. Like I honestly like try to sprinkle that stuff in like to keep people happy because like a lot of the guys that come to work here or, you know, people, guys and gals, you know, whatever they may be, um, you know, they come, they kind of, have been attracted to come and kind of approach us for a job because they see that like, Hey, there's some creativity there. And um, so I try to sort of, you know, dole those things out and take those things on as almost like kind of like a, a, like a, it's almost like a reward in a sense, because it's like, you know, you know, everybody wants to do that job. Everybody wants to make that like, crazy you know sculpture or like something creative or you know something bent or textured or weird you know like i've seen some of the stuff that that y'all were doing like these wild like textured pipe um was for like like a a a bar in like i I mean it was all these you know tree trunk type of i mean really cool texture came look like came out really killer um i saw that on your instagram and um yeah, I mean, you know, like you probably see it when, when, I mean, it depends on who the guy, like who's working on it, right? But I mean, in what I've seen is like everybody in my shop wants to do that job. They're like, oh, I want to do the textured pipe. Come on, let me do it. And you're yeah. like, well, yeah, okay, you got, okay, you and you do this. And, and, and no, you, this guy did the last cool one. So like, <laughs> you got to stay on this other railing. You got to share and the wealth. These guys do the creative one because they didn't do the last one or, you know, whatever. So, um, but those things, sometimes it's hard to make money off, you know? Oh. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so you can't, I mean, there's not a whole lot of businesses that can pull it off. And a lot of times those jobs, you just don't know how long they're going to take, you know, and, and, and you try and you guess and you lose a bunch of money and then you, sometimes uh, you, you learn for next time. <laughs> right. Right. And then, you know, but if you can figure out those processes and figure out how to, how to price it right the next time you know, and kind of sell that idea, then maybe you can actually make money on it, you know? So, Mm -hmm. well, you do have to like find that right client. Cause yeah. 
not everybody wants the textured tree rail, but then when you find that person, you're like, I got that. Like yeah. I can, I can do that. And I, and you also know, you know how to price it hopefully at that point. Um, but the, yeah, it can be tough. Yeah. I, I, so what we've been implementing in the shop is every time we do something, something weird like that, not even something weird. A lot of the things that we do, I'll, uh, I'll write up a, like a post job summary of how long it actually took write down the, the pitfalls we like that we found into what took way longer. Um, you know, that alligator bar, like that took way, way longer. You know, I, I, I went out there and I took a one foot piece of pipe and I started running stringers on it. I was like, all right, we can do one foot in like 15 minutes. Well, like if you don't control the size of your stringers and set your machine, right. You end up with 20% more stringers, 20% more time. And you'd multiply that out over, you know, 80 linear feet of pipe. Like, man, you definitely lost some money there. So like what we do, what we do is, is, is do that that way. Just like you're saying, when you go back and you're like, Hey, I want something similar to this. All right, cool. I can give you an accurate price where I'm not going to lose money this time. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, you know, I, I've done so many weird jobs that I have all that like in my head. Mm -hmm. And it's like, the thing is, is I've been doing this, you know, for almost 20 years doing kind of creative work and, 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 um, and been in business for, we'll be going on 11 years. And, and so it's like, um, I've never been organized enough to write it down. And it's great that you're doing that. And, it, and, and it's one of those things that I'm always like, man, I, I got to go back and run the numbers on these jobs. And I got to like make notes and like, like what you're saying, I think that's extremely good practice to do. And I have said for years that I need to do that, but it's just like, I always know it's like, I'll see an email come in and it's some weird thing. And I'm like, you know, I have an estimator here. His name is Justin. And, and, and I'll be like, Justin, I know that's going to take forever. I've done that before. You got to price it this way. And he has no way to know. Cause it's like, you know, but, but if I see it and I'm like, dude, okay, let me tell you about this. We did something like that five years ago and dot, 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 you know, make sure we do this, make sure we don't do that. Like you got to price in this because this is, you know, a downfall of that. And like, I have a really good memory for those kind of things, you know, but man, documenting it is absolutely better way to go. Cause I, I've just never been, I'm not that organized. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> um, so tell me about how you, so being the business owner, how do you hand off that estimating? Cause yeah. I, I like, like right now it's me doing everything. Cause we're, so we're a shop of, of five people. Yeah. Um, it's me doing everything. So how do you, hand that off and trust him do you go and um go back and be like all right i look over this and you know before you send it out do you just trust him that he knows what he's doing like tell me a little bit more about that yeah i mean um it's 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 taken a while to get to it like and i've had we've tried it before um so um Traditionally, like I would do all the estimating and manage everybody 
um, you know, for years um, and, and, and build work, you know, I mean, but the more people or the more, you know, jobs, it's harder and harder to do all those roles, right? So, I mean, I, you know, what we we'll do now, and it seems to be working well, is that, um, I mean, we get, uh, we get stuff in, you know, a, a lot of it's through our website. I mean, it, okay. and, and then we have established customers, obviously, in, in phone calls and stuff like that. But, you know, generally, like every phone call, it's like, okay, that's great. Yes, what you're describing, we can do. Send us an email. And it all goes into one inbox. And then I go through that and like anything that stands out to me as like, this is like a big fish. Like we need to try to like, or, we, or I know this person or I know this job. Like I'll, I will, I will notate like in the, in the emails, like I will make, like I'll make a draft. that's like notes, like, like we've done this before. There's pictures of, of something similar in this folder you know, or like this is an existing customer. We need to take care of them, you know, or whatever. But he, but he goes over the thing. He, he'll go over everything with me uh, that he's unsure of like every couple of days. So it's like, he'll have like things that he knows that he can just knock out and send out numbers for, but bigger things or things that he's not sure of, he'll have stuff. a list and he'll say, Hey, let's run through these like five or six things. And, and, and I'll kind of say, you know, well, you know, your price is good on that, but like, we got to consider this factor and that factor. So we need to make sure we cover those costs, you know? Um, and then he'll go back and he'll, you know, give pricing. I mean, and then, you know, a lot of that is that we try to give people ballpark pricing fairly quickly but we understand that with custom work, there's generally a lot of unknowns at that first point of contact. So we try to be very thorough and, and give people an, an idea of where we're at, but like say like, well, we need to have a meeting and get further into it and make sure that we're on track with this price. You know, So kind of cautious about saying like, this is some weird custom thing, here's a number yes or no stand like by it yeah a little bit kind of like well we've done something similar and we think it will be in this range do you want to have a meeting about this with us like we can explain more and we can dial in the pricing you know so like in in that in that sense like i guess we um i've managed to to kind of get time to do other aspects of the business by having someone else do that. But it is a trick because yeah, you gotta, I mean, we spent months like just talking through every request that came in and it's like, like I would literally, and it took time. I mean, it's like training, you know, like, you know, and it, it's just like, we would look at them together and I would, we'd talk it through and I would explain like, well, we need to do, and he also had a lot of experience, um, but he was, working in a little different capacity in the industry but like he's very very organized and you know um like tracks you know all the numbers and spreadsheets right. and prices and labor rates and how long certain things take and like way more organized than me so like in a sense he can he can quote stuff like you know more organized than i can I mean, yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, 
I've done that before. That takes a week. Like, boom, yeah. you know, like here's a price. But he's like got a spreadsheet. <laughs> you know, so um, man, that's the thing. I guess, you know, it's like find somebody that's that someone that uh fills in the blanks that you don't have. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like I, I recognize my own weaknesses uh, weaknesses and say, like, well, who where's the type of person that can fill that gap, right? Like I'm really good at talking to people. I'm really good at selling a job and like convincing you like, look, like I can do this. We've done this. We can pull this off. We're your guy, you know, like we're going to show up and get it done. And I'm great at that. But then when it comes to like, yeah, documentation and, you know, spreadsheets and all that, I'm like, I'm not the guy, you know? Um, Yeah. So how do you find that guy? What's his name, by the way? Uh, his name's Justin Newman. Okay. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. So he, he, um, did you work with them? Did you hire for that guy? Is word of we mouth hiring? Yeah. Yeah. We were looking for a draftsman and an estimator. Um, and he, it was actually like kind of middle of 2020, like the place where he was for a couple of years doing estimating they did a bunch of layoffs and so they downsized their whole shop and they had like several estimators and draftsmen and um you know he was he was he had gotten some remote working gig um like off of indeed or something like that where he was doing similar stuff for a construction company but it was actually out of state and he was like this kind of sucks. Like I'm not really into it. Like this is like a kind of corporate commercial, like construction construction thing or something. And he was just kind of like company's a bummer. And, 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 um, that was just like filling time for him to keep busy. Cause he had gotten laid off from another shop and, and they were mainly like more of like a, only like a fencing shop. So it's like production fencing, just gotcha. like, you know, just like, uh, apartment complexes gates and fencing use miles of it and so it's like you know it's very formulaic pricing um but he had also worked in the piping industry before so you know he had yeah he, he was a very organized type of dude and and so like really but he didn't know the custom side so we just sort of really spent a lot of time together just talking through well because if you're going from like you know jigs for you know miles of you know eight foot panels pricing to pricing some custom item it's just a whole different thing (laughs) yeah you know um it's like well you can put a panel together in two hours and it's like well it's custom it might take a whole day to build one panel like it just Mm -hmm. depends so much on the design and the materials so it's not as formulaic so it took it took several months of just kind of uh really spending time like sitting down teaching them working them yeah you know and in in it's worked out well i mean you know but it, it yeah so i mean i've tried to do it in the past it didn't always go as well like i mean we would i would i would sort of we had designer uh a few years back that would do some of it and you know we'd kind of share the duties but then it ended up being where like we would accidentally overlap Mm. on you know certain requests and it would be like 
oh, did you already reply to that? Oh, I told him we can't do that. Or, oh, I told him we could. Or, oh, I, t- <laughs> I told him this much. Or, I told him we didn't have time. And it's like, oh, you just end up looking like a jerk, you know? Yeah. So we, we sort of come to this, like, how do you divide them? How do you make sure you're not overlapping? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it can be tough. So, so I try to just let our estimator now deal with all those incoming things, but we talk about them. So I do have a lot of input in it, but okay, but it takes a lot in. off your plate. Yeah. Right. So we'll just have like, you know, an hour long meeting, like, you know, two or three times a week about those questions. And then he kind of conveys it forward, you know, right. um, how many guys what? did you have in the shop before you hired him? Um, well, we were, we were 10 people, but that was, uh, two in the office. So it was eight fabricators, but now we're in recent months, we're like down one guy. Uh, so, you know, now we're, yeah, well, it was, it was, I was able to keep up with estimating, you know, when it was more in that like four to six range it seemed to not be like but but then managing the extra bodies and dealing with the quoting and i mean it 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 really became overwhelming like when i got to more like around like 10 people i'm just like i'm always stressed and like but everybody else is like but like they're just doing their thing like they don't know that you have you know 15 problems going on at the same time (laughs) One for each of them and five are your own. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's like, you know, you got clients asking this and this person wants their quote and this guy's having a problem on that job site and this material came in wrong or, you know, and and like you're just like everywhere. With your shop, do you have a dedicated foreman in the shop so so the other guys can go to the foreman to get the answer and then if he doesn't know it, he comes to you? Or is it kind of like everybody's like their own independent or like, you know, they might work in teams and then, then they still report directly to you. How does that work out? Yeah, usually. So, right. So you just try to have, you know, somebody who's kind of designated, like not necessarily foreman, but someone who's like, what I would call like production manager, like, you know, where it's like, Hey, like, you know, this is kind of the most experienced guy and he can probably answer most of your questions. You know, like if you're just like, well, how should I do this? Or this machine's not doing this right. Or like whatever, you know, like you have somebody around who's like, you know, got 10, 15 years experience who can really try to feel a lot of that without bringing it all to me. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, it's basically foreman. I guess I just never have like called it that even though most shops do but like we usually have you know at least someone in that role and yeah usually we'll have like teams you know like like there's a couple of things that it works kind of one person you know or like but then field work like we usually have like a welder and helper right so it's like mm-hmm. you have teams and it's like okay these guys usually work together and like, we need to do this job on site. It's like, you two are going to go yeah, do man. that. And you two are going to go do that. And like, generally people will like work well and like be productive together, depending on who it is. It's sometimes it's 
sometimes when you mix people up all the time, like sometimes people are more productive with other people or sometimes people like screw around too much with each other. So it's like, Hey, you guys are fucking off. Like, <laughs> like what's going on? Like, and you can't, I mean, it just depends on who you have, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how, like, like teaming the people, teaming up people to be, who are, who complement each other and who are, you want to set them up to be successful in whatever right. job they do. So putting this guy with this guy who loves to talk, but this guy just likes to keep his head down and work. Like that might be a better team than the two guys who just like to sit around BS all the time and, you know, show each other memes on Instagram, you know? Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, people, people got to have a little bit of fun, but it's like, if they're having too much fun, it's like, well, you know, people will start making mistakes. So they're not paying attention, you know, it's, it's not like, in the game. Yeah. Like you got to, there's a lot of dynamic uh, shuffling yeah. that has to go on with that. Like I've said, like, it sometimes just if you can avoid having the people problems, like everything's pretty smooth, but it's like, <laughs> that's impossible. I mean, it's, it's just like, it's people are humans, you know, like you, I mean, there is no, it's like, we're not robots, you know, like they, yeah. people have, people have feelings and stuff yeah, goes on in yeah. life and, you know, yeah, they want to be appreciated and, you know, you got to accommodate it. all that. Yeah, CNC plasma you, table don't doesn't care if it has a bad day or, or you have a right. bad day like <laughs> yeah yeah indeed that, that's yeah so let's back this up a little bit like how did you get started right uh <clears throat> i mean i give us the whole journey we got time <laughs> so i was um well you know i, I guess i i'll try to give the short to medium version, I guess, but I, I was, um, you know, I started, I, 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 when I was, you know, a teenager going into my twenties, like I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, um, my uncle, um, was a welder in Houston, um, in Houston, Texas, more like a, industrial you know there's just lots and lots of industry out there so uh you know big factories and piping and all kinds of crazy stuff um and he was a welder for a long long time actually since he was like a teenager like he started welding he was like 18 was a welder for most of his life um and he and i never really knew i, I but when he i found out one one year like at like a family gathering like Oh, he was like making like sculptures and he was in this art car club where they had parades of these crazy art cars, with all this stuff welded on them. And he was doing all this work for his friends in this art car club, making all these things. But that was all just his free time. So like I knew he was a welder and I knew that he would like work, you know, welding piping in factories and stuff or whatever. And he never really talked much about it. But then I started, he's like, oh, like I made this crazy bed frame and I made this you know tree thing and I'm making these cars and I'm like I was like I was like are people pay you to do that like that's crazy like I never even thought that that was a thing that existed and so you know I showed some interest in it and just by chance um my mom who's is my uncle my, my mom my mom's brother Robert so my so my mom is like hey well you know you like what Robert's doing, you know, and I was, 
like probably like a lot of welders are it's like you're just kind of like you're mechanically kind of inclined but you don't really you're like like i'm good at putting things together and and you know but it's like i didn't really know what i was going to do so my mom knew a guy who was a teacher at the community college here in austin um teaching metal sculpture and she's like well why don't you just go take like a summer like metal sculpture thing just to do something so i did that and then i did the structural welding uh course uh you know multiple welding processes and all that and then and then decided i wanted to do like the full art metals you know degree uh, there and um then got and then i got like structural welding certifications at the end of that and by the time i was almost finished you know i was working in shops and working for different like metal artists and like helping just being a helper mm-hmm. you know and then did you know some structural welding uh for some companies because i had you know fresh certifications so they're like hey you know since 20 year old kid out and you know weld these beams you know it's like did some of that and um and then i ended up sticking with a shop that was run by an architect uh named lars stanley who is a designer and architect but he runs a metal shop as well and so is really interesting because he he would design and fabricate do all the metal details the artistic details like concept drawings hand drawings like i work for a lot of architects right like today you know a lot of our clients are you know custom you know architecture type details so but but not a lot of them actually there's very few that like know metal details Mm -hmm. you know you have like a metal detailer like someone like you or me who's going to come in and say yeah i see you show a beam here but how is it built how does it connect like sometimes you don't have that yeah and so they need someone who knows metal to fill in the gaps well my boss at that time lars was that guy you know he was an architect but he also had a metal working background so i kind of learned from him i stayed there for probably six or seven years in his shop and you know would see him doing that you know like okay so we are taking something from like a blank slate to a drawing to you know developing a concept and then fabricating samples and then building it finishing it installing it everything the whole process and you know just it and then and then i got to the point where i you know just would weld i would i would i would work and then i would i would just i would spend all my money on tools you know it's like i i I had a whole garage full of you know like at one point you know i had a carport and i had like a you know flux core welder and a chop saw and it's like then i had a garage and then i had you know more tools in the garage and then i you know i would I would always, you know, buy and sell things and, and try to make money and buy more tools. And I mean, that's like, luckily I kind of, I kind of gave up on partying pretty young. So I just like, I, I didn't waste my money. I mean, I would work yeah, and I would buy tools. And then eventually you got to the point where you're like, I have too many tools to fit in this garage, you know? 
and then you're like, I ain't got to run a shop. And then you're like, you rent a little shop and, and then, you know, then you get busy and you're like, I got to quit my job. Cause like, I got more work that's paying better than what I'm doing nine to five. And I mean, that's kind of, you know, where it started. That was the end of episode one with Ryan from Metalwork Austin. Tune in next time to listen to part two. We'll see you guys then.